0: Yo, 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 hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another edition of NBA Today. Yes, it is I, Corbin Ford. You can follow me at Corbin NBA. I know. I know. Listen, i uh, it's been a while. Life has been crazy, and y- y- you know, you have to understand, <laughs> between work, home life, and everything in the midst of what is essentially the apocalypse in my mind, <laughs> it's been a lot to manage and a lot to go through, so um, <laughs> I apologize for the delay. Yes, the NBA is back, and as such, NBA Today is back, and I'm just happy to be back with y'all. And so we're about to break things down. Do want to start by um, saying you can follow the lovely folks at HoopBall, www.hoop-ball.com, and on Twitter, at HoopBallTweets. Also, check out their 2019-2020 Game Time Premium Restart Edition Package. This is everything you'll need. For your fantasy access. This is your premium fantasy basketball tools and content brought to you by FSWA Fantasy Writer of the Year Award winner Aaron Bruski. You have Fantasy NBA Today host Dan Bespris, and you have 30 Deep Champion Mike Passador. But guess what? You have so much more. It's not even funny. You get your daily interactive shows with access to hoopball experts. You get Constantly updated projections, smart tools, and rankings, and you get articles and analysis with value that you can't find anywhere else. Um, the price is super, super cheap right now, only $4.99. Usually that's $29.99. So I'm not really a math head, but that is tremendous value. It doesn't take my uh, math skills to tell you that right there. In addition to that, there are, there are so many shows. There is the Monday Weekly Lineup Show, there's Fantasy NBA Tonight Question and Answer, there's the Waiver Wire Show, they have a m- bundle of of team podcasts, Lakers, Clippers, Kings, um, uh, Grizzlies, uh, uh, so many more, Bulls. There are so many other team-specific podcasts for you to check up and keep an eye on your team, not only on a regular uh, angle, but also on the fantasy perspective as well. And you have your box score breakdown, one of my personal favorites, your today in sports betting, just so much content. So make sure to check out HoopBall, hoop-ball.com and at tweets. All right, so let's get started. We have a lot of games that went down. Uh, scrimmages are done. The season is back. The euphoria on that has been amazing. But you know what? We're, we're excited to have it. So here we are with that. Had a couple games I wanted to talk about. First, opening night, you had Lakers versus Clippers. And we're going to send on the Lakers here for just a split second. You had the Jazz versus the Pelicans as well. Um, but the Lakers versus Clippers was clearly the, the game of the night. And with good reason. It was Battle of L.A. Part 4. Um... The Clippers have won the first two opening night, Christmas Day. Lakers came back with a really strong statement win when LeBron was tearing through the kings of the NBA, first in Giannis, then in Kawhi, just before the season restarted. And now, of course, you have this second matchup here on the opening night of the restart. Lakers got it in a tough one, 103-101. LeBron didn't have the greatest of nights, but he did get the go-away bucket with just a couple seconds left to force the Lakers up on lead and then he played tremendous defense first on Kawhi Leonard then on Paul George in the waning seconds of the game to preserve the win for the Lakers one big proponent or one big proponent for the Lakers won with Anthony Davis who was tremendous down the stretch I tell you in this matchup against the Clippers the, the most important player to me is anthony davis there was no one person stopping him and quite frankly the clippers don't have the personnel in place to keep him in check they just don't he found himself to the line nine times in the first quarter nine times in the first quarter just drawing fouls from everywhere it didn't even matter where he was getting it it, it was just again and again and again, getting to the line, matchup problems for Avicii Zubac, matchup issues for Patrick Patterson, Jermichael Green. He's either too big, he's either too quick, or a shoot just right over. And all of those elements were brought to bear in this game as Anthony Davis scored 34 points. I already mentioned LeBron James with the go-ahead basket with 12.8 seconds left. He finished with 16 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. That helped the Lakers to move 6.5 games ahead of the Clippers. In the Western Conference, only 7 games left. We are in the seeding game bubble. And Kyle Kuzma is another person I wanted to highlight. He had 16 points, but the way that he got it was tremendous. All of the catch and shoot variety. He tried to get a little cute, you know, in the middle of the third quarter. Lakers had a lull. It was definitely it was, it was the Lakers had lulls, and it was definitely a game of runs. But during that stretch, Kyle Kuzma thought, "Hey, I'm to ISO and take it to the rack," you know. He ended up really not going anywhere. But the types of shots he was taking, spot up three point shots. You know, strict cuts to the basket, keeping the ball movement, not being a high-volume scorer, but that's not what the Lakers need with LeBron and AD, especially the way that Anthony Davis dictated the action. There there wasn't a need for that. And so that was why Kuzma is, in my mind, not only just an important part of the Lakers' core in general, but also an X-factor for the Lakers against the Clippers in, in, in general. Because if he plays more to his strengths like that, there is really there there is there is a, a much better chance the Lakers have against a Clippers team that that employs two elite wings in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and this is where I really like Kyle Kuzma. Defensively, Kyle Kuzma can be uprooted by bigger, stronger players who can just take him down the post and 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 do what they want to do down there. He can also be just blasted past by smaller or or like sized players who are just quicker than he is but against players like paul george and Kawhi leonard who have some speed and have some strength but they move to their own pace and that pace is important because it's not something that takes advantage of kyle kuzma's physical attributes in that way it it just isn't if kyle kuzma is focused and determined he's able to stay in front of those guys and that's what he did now mind you He didn't do an amazing job. Against two of the six wings in the NBA, that's darn near impossible. Paul George finished with 30. Kawhi Leonard finished with 28. They're going to get their points. They just are. But for Kyle Kuzma to do that and be one of the few wings on the team, aside from LeBron James, who played inspired defense, to be able to do that, that's important for the Lakers moving forward. There's no question about it. The benches weren't super important for either team, uh, Alex Caruso played decently well, but the Clippers aren't taking advantage of his help um, defense uh, uh, inclinations and make one pass away, which was burning him, especially with Michael Green in the corner. Uh, for the Clippers, Patrick Beverly came off the bench. He had some good minutes, but he's still rusty, made some very dumb fouls. Reggie Jackson got the start, but I think it's pretty clear that Reggie Jackson is no longer a player to play that many minutes. Uh, he started off pretty strong, and then he just wore down... Down the stretch, made some dumb shot or shot attempts. Uh, was one of the Clippers that was closest to LeBron when LeBron got past all five to get the putback rebound. It was one of those scenarios where the depth there was lacking. But we have to be fair. The reason the depth was lacking is because the Clippers were lacking their third and fourth best scores in Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams. Lou Williams long quarantine. If you haven't heard by now, with the Magic City, just put Lou Williams Magic City Wings. But he was out originally um, with the death of a family member, and because he took a detour to get some dinner at a spot that wasn't authorized, he was on a 10-day quarantine, so he did miss this game. And then the Clippers' uh, Montres Harrell also missed with um, a family emergency that lived to, to be the death of a family member. So, two tragic events for both players, um, and that's why they weren't there. As far as Long-term takeaways between the two? Not really. I think we all know this is going to be a very tight series. You knew this on paper. You knew this in general. There was nothing there to disprove you of that fact. You had the Lakers miss Avery Bradley. You had the Lakers were were down Kyle Kuzma the first matchup. The second and third have been very tight. I think each are going to have scenarios where they have players they can take advantage of. They're going to have matchup issues for both, for the Lakers to stopping the Wings, for the Clippers to stopping Anthony Davis, and it'll be very interesting to see how the series works out. But as far as I'm concerned, I am very excited for a seven-game series in September. Give it to me, seven games, hook it in my veins, and if you want to make me happy, make sure the Lakers win. As far as the Clippers, Clippers obviously lost that game, but then they won big time against the Pelicans in their next bubble game, 126-103. Uh, They just ran wild, hitting a franchise-high 25 three-pointers. Paul George has just been electric from the field, especially from three. Just a blistering. I think he's shooting better than 50% in the bubble. And he's saying that he's totally back from his shoulder injuries. And guess what? It it definitely looks that way. He's just been on fire. So that's been awesome for them. Uh, In general, you can only imagine how dangerous they will continue to be as they get back Montres Harold and Lou Williams to that team. But right now with their shooting, you know, I think they need to embrace this at pace and space. They have the players, they have the personnel to embrace iso ball and three-point shooting in a way that few teams can match in terms of having both that dynamic shot-making ability and the steady three-point shooting from a stable of solid shooters. So, that is important. And then just to brush back on the Lakers, they got trounced in their next bubble game 107 to 92 versus the Raptors. That was pretty rough. Raptors just played technically sound basketball. They doubled on LeBron and Anthony Davis at all times. And they bet on the Lakers open shooters to make their open shots. And unfortunately, that did not happen as the Lakers went 10 for 40 from three. Danny Green missed all seven of his three-point attempts. It, It just wasn't pretty for them. But solid basketball, again, from a Raptors team that is at a better winning right now than they were at this point with Kawhi as far as how many games they're in. They're solid. They have the length. They have the coaching ability uh, from um, their personnel or the coaching ability of Nick Nurse and the playing ability of the personnel. They're just a very solid team. And, I mean, I don't really have to imagine them working too hard to see them making it into the NBA Finals. Okay, I take it back. (laughs) I'm very optimistic on the Raptors. They would have to work hard because there's a certain team called the Milwaukee Bucks and a certain player called Giannis Antetokounmpo. But what I'm trying to say is that the Raptors can put up just as much of an issue, in my opinion, to the Bucks this year as they did last year because I think their collective team is strong and they have different people to pick up the pieces. And their coaching philosophy on Giannis was sound. It helped to have a player like Kawhi in general. But make no mistake, these Raptors are no pushovers. All right, so... Going to keep moving on to the rest of some teams I have some observations on in this uh, first couple of games of the uh, Orlando NBA bubble restart. But let's take a moment. are we excited that sports are back? I mean, say it with me. Sports are back. I've been waiting for this day since March. And now that it's here, I've only got really two things on my mind. One, the NBA, of course. I really needed basketball and sports. And it's it's been good to see the NBA come back and me not to watch replays and highlights, although I will continue to do that, it's good to have some fresh content to keep my brain rolling and really follow my Lakers and everything, but the other thing I have on my mind is my bookie. My bookie is a home run, my bookie is a slam dunk, my bookie is a triple overtime game winning shot all wrapped up into one. I love it. You love it, and that should be all you need to hear to start betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of the NBA bubble season just around the corner and already here, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my book, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Let's talk about baseball. Not really my strong suit. Like the Phillies. It's all I know. Like the colors. But if you're feeling good about your MLB team's chances this year, be sure to check out my bookies world. Series future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. I can personally attest to that. I bet money on the Lakers from 2014 through 2018 every year. I regretted it, but it showed that I believed in my team, and I did. And I do, but you get what I'm trying to say. I was getting behind Carlos Boozer and Nick Young like it was nobody's business. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking for the future. And in this case, that means basketball. Just talked about the NBA. That means hockey, and that means football. MyBookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. I mean, you're already home, and chances are you're already on lot. So why not try it? Here's your break into it. Join today, and MyBookie will match your deposit 100% plus. They'll toss you a free $10 MLB Future Wager. All you got to do is enter promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet you win, they pay. Check out my bookie today. All right, going to move on to two different teams Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks, with Giannis almost assuredly going to be the MVP this season, as much as I'd like to talk about LeBron James, has a very strong case for being Defensive Player of the Year. The Bucks are the best team in the NBA. Best team in the East, definitely. Um, they had a thriller. The Bucks prevailed 119-112 to in a game that was hotly contested and had a share of minor fireworks at the end. So it started with Giannis, of course, because what Bucks game doesn't start with Giannis. Maybe the two or three that start with Chris Middleton. But Giannis Tentacumba had a huge game. Again, just there's no one on the Boston's front line that can match with him. Boston usually plays four wings anyway with Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. You got Daniel Tyson there. I mean, they, they have guys who are smaller, can't really stick up with Giannis's cheer size, strength, athleticism. Throwing Cantor out there is just leaving him out to dry because he can move, maneuver past them so easily. It, it, it's 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 light work for Giannis. It's just light work, and it, the stat line showed that: 36 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists. 16 of those points Came in the fourth quarter, and in that fourth quarter, with those sixteen, six of those came in the final ninety seconds to send the Bucks home as winners. So, I mean, down the stretch, it was unstoppable, just kind of waltzing to the rim. But there's more on that. First, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum did not have a game to remember against the Bucks. He had been having a a huge season for Boston up to date, uh, including an electric February. But this game was not his. Uh, He finished with a season low five points. On a straight up frigid 2 for 18 from the field. And to be honest with you, even that's not telling the whole story. Because he didn't even score on one of those buckets. He didn't. What had happened was, <laughs> what had happened was, on one of those plays, Giannis and Wes Matthews collided when going for rebound, and they both kind of collectively accidentally tipped it in for a Celtics basket. Since Tatum just happened to be standing nearby, he was awarded the bucket. I mean, all of that, it's just tragic. Also, Speaking of tragic, the Celtics were mostly tragic. Even while keeping the game close, they were just ice cold from the field. 37 for 91 overall. 11 for 37 from 3. But this was why they were able to stay close. They kept earning trips to the line. And by getting to the line again and again, they kept it interesting by converting those, those baskets. But this is what all led ultimately to the craziness. This happened about a minute 20 left in the game. Marcus Smart slid in front of Giannis as he drove to score in the lane. A charge was called, but eventually overturned, with Smart saying that the official explanation from referees was that he was too late. This is what Smart said. I'm going to quote right here. Quite frankly, I think we know all what that was all about. Giannis' sixth foul, and they didn't want him to get out. End quote. Going back, let's just call a spade a spade, and that's just what it is. Now, I respect Marcus Smart for saying that. When you know that you are most assuredly going to get fined, and he got fined 15k, and you still open your mouth to say it, that's some real anger. That's some real frustration. You are trying to voice how you really feel. Tell us how you really feel. Marcus Smart did that. That's bomb. At the same time, I don't know how I feel about it because, of course, the Bucks disagreed, and it was true. Smart was moving ever so slightly. He kind of was. I feel he established just enough position to get the charge. Definitely worthy if you're going to overturn the thing. But even if you want to throw all that out, let's say no. Marcus Smart was still moving all the way. Smart straight up wasn't there in time, and Giannis had the proper uh, position established and didn't quite get it. Let's say you say all that. Fine. I'm not going to argue that with y'all. It's all good. Even if you do, Giannis still should have been out. Because just a little earlier, he had attempted to straight up run right through Daniel Tice. A play that was stopped to see if it was a hostile act or not. But... Whether or not the intention was still a foul. So, they saw if it was a hostile act. They determined that it wasn't. But they didn't determine it was a foul. The fact that that wasn't called continues to baffle me. Because, whether hostile or not, he tried to run through the guy. That is a foul. Oh, was it intentional? It's a foul. It's a foul. And I'm excited right now. And I need to calm down. But that was a foul. All those stats I just said about Giannis scoring 16 in the fourth and six in the final 90 minutes, some of that should be negated. That's all I'm trying to say. Some of that shouldn't even be there. I get it. It's hard to ref Giannis. It's probably, it was hard to ref Shaq back in the day. There are certain players it is hard to ref. You think it's not hard to rough LeBron. It is hard to ref certain players. But there has to be a standard. And when you're trying to attempt to run through somebody who was already there, when you're trying to barrel through a player who has already established position, that is a foul to me. It is simple as that. Bottom line, between these two teams, the Bucks played better and they deserved to win. But in my mind, Giannis did not deserve to be out there after he earned six fouls. But not all six were called. Now, going back to the Celtics, they bounced back in a major way. They almost didn't. Played the Blazers. I'm recording this on the 2nd of August on a Sunday. They played the Blazers in the afternoon. They were up huge, I think as much as 22 Damian Lillard led an inspired comeback. They came all the way back, the Blazers did, to make competitive down the stretch and even take a three-point lead, but Jalen Brown hit some huge shots, and ultimately the Celtics were able to put the Blazers away. Now, Jalen Brown, I think, was the hero for most of it because, I mean, Carmelo was on it for some of it, and Carmelo, at this point, even losing weight and being a lot quicker just still can't stay in front of Jalen Brown. He was quick enough to stay in front of them and called for and ones just because he ended up coming there just a little bit late. But Jalen Brown is, is, is too good, and he was hitting some long threes. He's just too, at, at, at Carmelo's stage of his career, Jalen Brown is just too athletic, right? But Jason Tatum was hot. Jason Tatum was getting his buckets for sure. He bounced back. If you were concerned about the way that he had played against the Bucks, he put all of that to rest playing with the Celtics the, today against the uh, Blazers because the dude was on fire. 34 points on 11 of 22 shooting. Four rebounds, a career-high eight assists. The dude was electric. He was unstoppable, especially in the first and second quarter where he just kept knocking down shot after shot, side three, you know, to the left, shimmies. He just kept knocking down shots, and he 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 was unguardable. It felt like you had tapped back in to February Jason Tatum, and that is exactly what happened. So that was cool to see. Uh, for the Blazers, you hate to see it. They played really well. You know, coming back down that far and 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 putting down uh, multiple Boston shots that could have you know established control for Boston again was an emotionally tough thing. Forget having to play the defense to ratchet up and have the tough shot making, and it didn't. It, it really helped the Blazers that Gary Trent Jr. balled out of his mind with the career high seven three pointers. That was that was awesome to see. But ultimately, Boston was able to bounce back, and I think that they'll be a sneaky team to play the Bucks. Not because they can stop M- M- um, Milwaukee's Giannis, because They can't. They literally have no one there that can. But I think they could scrap, muck it up, take a couple of games. I think Jason Tatum is just enough of a matchup issue. Uh, The 2-for-18 performance didn't validate my case here, but I would like to see that. That would be an interesting second-round matchup to me. They really would. Also, I'm all for fireworks, and Marcus Smart Giannis, love it. I would love to see Marcus Smart... Just call Giannis all types of names, while Giannis just says, "Hey, I respect your game." Yada yada, let's make peace, whatever the case may be. And also, I'm just gonna say my personal feelings about Giannis. I I I don't know how I feel about the dude, but I don't think I like him. He's great. I get it. The narrative, I get it. But he's the king of like starting to assert himself or or have a, a a a dominant alpha dog mentality the whole king me now against the lakers this past year the whole thing with james harden i want to you know i want to have someone on my team who can pass he likes to start things it feels like and then he walks it all the way back my thing is this if you're going to say something be about it stick to it that's how you feel don't do the whole oh i respect this game though that share how you feel stand up beside that my second thing is this if you don't feel that way then cut out the theatrics Oh, the King Me didn't mean anything. It did. You did it. It it, it meant something to you. You can't just walk that back. That's not how that works. You know what I mean? I I think it's cute that Giannis tries it, but nah, man, that's not you. So you don't have to pretend to be tough. There's certain players who just don't have it. David Robinson just didn't have it. Tim Duncan, I don't think, had it. There's certain players who are just nice folks. Mm, That's okay. You just happen to be nice and the best player in the world. Kawhi Leonard's quiet. Didn't say he's nice, but he's quiet. You know, you don't have to have a, rawr, flexing on him. I mean, after a good dunk, that's what Giannis does, but all the other theatrics, just, just stay out of it, man. It's not, it's not your, it's not your arena. It's not your place. You know, you good. All right. I have to go on to our next, uh, great partnership we have here. Support for ball is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. They obsess over their technology the way I obsess over basketball to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, I have some stories about uh, mistakes that have happened down under the dark, the dark side, and <laughs> I'm not gonna go break them down for you. If you really want to know, uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. Actually, just I'd rather not. I'm just not gonna share them because you know they're sort of dark tales that I feel are are best to be kept to myself. I'll, I'll let you imagine what they could be, but they're just it's it's just not it's not bueno. It's just not bueno. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna just leave it at that. But if you have those same or even similar stories. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months, just over a year and some change, perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created, and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. And I may need a lawnmower. just gonna let that joke go. (laughs) The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with Quiet Stroke TM technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. And I'm going to give you the avenue to do so. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BRUSKI at manscaped.com. Again, off, plus free shipping, which in this online world of Amazon Prime and eBay, hunting for that free shipping, that is really, really, really important. Get that with the code BRUSKI, B-R-U-S-K-I, that's BRUSKI, B-R-U-S-K-I, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, and use the code BRUSKI. Alright, going to the race for eighth, which is actually getting quite compelling here. The Pelicans, who are my odd-on favorites to uh, advance, have not been doing so well for me. They lost against the Jazz in a nail-biter, one that they were up 16 uh, before ultimately coughing that game up. And and, that, and honestly, that was just a rough one. And it's something that happens to a young team. You know, closing the deal is, is hard especially when everyone has something to play for down the stretch here, and, you know, the stakes are are pretty well high. But to lose by two, Brandon Ingram, a a sidestep three, just rimmed out. That was rough, but being up 16 wasn't great. And then they play the Clippers, and they just get smacked in the mouth, 126-103. Like I said, the Clippers knocked down 25 three-pointers, but it was just rough for the Pelicans, and it has been. Uh, Zion Williamson had left the bubble to attend to a family emergency. He came back, but he's still trying to work himself back into shape a little bit. And because of that, he's on limited minutes, very much like he was when he first entered the league against the Spurs in the first couple of games where he was on short bursts, uh, a couple of minutes to start each quarter, that sort of thing. Now, even with all of that, I have to say this about Alvin Gentry and the coaching staff. I get Zion being on minutes restriction. That is fine. It happens. Understood. But in this case, why not have him during the time when he's needed the most. I don't understand. Why not have him in the game at the end of quarters? What is it about starting? He can start, that's fine, but have him start maybe the first, coming at the end of the second, start the third, coming at the end of the fourth. You know, or, or the middle of the end of the fourth, where he can warm up and kind of get his last minutes in stride, because that's when he's really needed. Against the Jazz, it was two minutes left, the game was a tight one, and you could hear the announcing team where they said it, say, and this is just about the end we'll see of Zion Williamson. Why? That's exactly when you want to see Zion. If you had that, there would be less um, focus on Brandon Ingram to have to create everything down the stretch. Because Lonzo did not have a very good game. He didn't. Drew holiday has been up and down. It's been rough for them. So you, you take off pressure from Brandon Ingram and bring another focal point, someone whose rim gravity is amazing, with Zion in the game. That's just how that's done. And I don't know. I just think that there's a better way of putting his minutes and staggering them so that you have Zion on the floor for when he's needed most. But losing those two games, there's two arguments you can make. If you are for the Pelicans, you can say, hey, they had an easy schedule, but these were the two hardest games. And losing them could, somewhat be be expected, especially with Zion playing limited minutes. And and yes, you could make a case for that. However, in a seeding area where you need to be within four games of the eighth seed, The Pelicans are just slipping farther and farther. They're currently 12th right now, 28 and 38. That's not what you want. You're trying to make up ground. Now you potentially have to win the rest of your games to really make a a, a, a case to get up there. You want to control your own destiny. And and that's hard because in between those teams, and I guess this is a great transition to the 8th seed race, you have to worry about teams like the Kings, who actually... You don't got to worry about them. <laughs> I think they're going to be falling right with the, with the Pelicans after being slapped in the mouth again by the Magic by almost 30 points uh, just a couple hours ago. But you have the Spurs who are climbing up in. Their Spurs are going to spur, and they are doing just that, 30 and 36. Trailblazers, Blazers, 30 and 37. And then the Grizzlies, uh, 32 and 33. I'm just going to read those NBA standings again just one more time because this is the NBA eighth seed, And this has to be up to date. And with games being played literally as I'm recording right now, you know that we have to stay up to date. So I'm going to run through them one more time, give you guys the latest and the greatest here, because I think one game just went final in the Western Conference. So here we go. 12th, Pelicans at 28 and 38. Right over them, the Kings, 28 and 37. Trailblazers, 30 and 38. Spurs. 29 and 36 and in the Grizzlies 32 and 35 right now Spurs are, are technically right there for a plan and they just beat the Grizzlies today not even a, a, few, a little bit ago and so that's crazy to think that Greg Popovich against all odds can lead the Spurs team back up to the top just madness just madness but for me I want Zion and the Pelicans to make it it's not looking too 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 bright for them right now same for the Kings, and honestly, the Trailblazers can't keep losing games. Uh, they had a tight one, but they just can't keep doing that. So that's your uh, race for eighth right now. Pelicans at 28 and 38, Kings at 28 and 37, Trailblazers at 30 and 38, Spurs at 29 and 36, and Grizzlies at 32 and 35. With the Suns just outside at 27 and 39. All right, so now it's time for your nightly notable. This happened last night, but. TJ Warren had the most out-of-nowhere 50-point game since the days of Tony Delk and Corey Brewer with a huge 53 points against the 76ers in the Indiana Pacers 127-121 win. Warren finished 20 of 29 from the field just blistering, including a red-hot 9-for-12 from three-point range, along with four rebounds, three assists, and all of that to just one turnover. Honestly, if you ask me his best and biggest bucket, was probably his last one, as he hit a contested three-point dagger to put the Sixers away for good. Sixers were no slouch either. Just saying. Tobias Harris played well. Ben Simmons had a good game. The star of the show for the 76ers was Joel Embiid with a monstrous 41 points and 21 rebounds. I mean, he was just having his way. First with Miles Turner, then with Jakar, Sampson and and TJ Lamp. Nobody could stop him there, but ultimately, TJ Warren was the one that could not be stopped, and, and it showed what a 50 burger what a 50 burger and honestly shout out to the development of players like TJ Warren who came into the NBA with barely a jump shot to speak of more of a slasher you know energy guy Get his, he was always getting buckets but getting them more close to the basket that sort of player and all of a sudden working on that three point stroke Work on a three-point stroke last year he was being he was a solid enough three-point shooter just in general catch and shoot and now he can even take them off the dribble and he was hitting some very contested ones against the 76ers and honestly this whole season he's been hitting them and that's just continuing to go back into the lab work on your game continue that development now tj warren's a serviceable defender he's not someone with great you know floor uh, ability in terms of you know, passing the rock. He's definitely not someone you're going to run your offense through as an offensive initiator. But from someone who can put the ball in the basket, TJ Warren can do that. And it, it, it says a lot for players to continue to improve and grow and make their games better. And that's what Warren has done. All right, next segment. Games to watch. If you missed on League Pass, games to watch. Just fire ones. We're going to start with the first, which was the Rockets, 153. 149 win over the Dallas Mavericks. If you like a classic 80s romp of a game with little defense and offense on overdrive, this is the game for you. Both teams just ran a track meet on the offensive end all the way to an overtime thriller, with James Harden going off for 49 points, 9 rebounds and 8 assists, but Russell Westbrook, perfect sidekick, 31 points, 11 rebounds and 8 assists as well. And for the Mavericks, they are not to be outdone, they got the L, sorry, but Luka Doncic put up a triple-double with 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists, while Christophe Porzingis chipped in in a major way with 39 points and 16 rebounds. And let's not forget, to start off the bench. One of my faves, Trey Burke, stepped up huge with 31 points and 6 assists while knocking down 8 three-pointers, including his first six. Wow. Just wow. What a game. If you like defense, do not watch. It was horrific. Horrific. I think James Harden was 10 for 10 inside the paint, only three for nine from three, and everything else in the free throw line, and all ten of his shots in the paint were just layups, blast past the first line defense, and off to the races from there, it it was not great, and then Houston did just the same thing on the other end for Dallas, they were just letting people go at it, Luka Doncic was just walking his way to the rim, I'm not even playing, walking his way to the rim, Krasas Porzingis had some resistance on his mid-range jumpers, but not enough, (laughs) And, and and some of those threes that Trey Burke hit, let's just say they weren't uh, hotly contested. Okay? <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Also, adding to the games to watch if you missed, I would recommend watching the Blizzards Grizzlies overtime epic. Great shot making on both sides. Carmelo Anthony still making clutch shots in the year 2020. What a time to be alive. Well, in the NBA world, what a time to be alive. <laughs> um, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum taking over in overtime. The Grizzlies playing well. Check that game out. And check out either the Spurs games they played today they outlasted the Kings in a a huge De'Aaron Fox effort and the only thing I say check out those games not because they were overly exciting or anything but listen Spurs are gonna spur (laughs) they're just gonna do what they're gonna do and if you count them out or you want to see the young guys or you want to see how they're making this improbable stride to having a play-in for the eighth seed this is how you do that check out these games okay that's that's the walkaway message from today's nba today Spurs gonna spur <laughs> all right y'all that's all i have folks nba today will be coming right back at you real soon the games are back and so are we so until then stay frosty y'all all right y'all <laughs>